Welcome to Canvas Church. You are listening to our weekly celebration service message. Thank you for tuning in. Good morning again. So glad you're at Canvas Church. Um, how many of you guys are looking forward to Thanksgiving? <laughs> okay. How many of you guys are looking forward to Thanksgiving? All right, there's so much to be thankful for. I'm not so sure. You guys are like, I don't know. But I'm looking forward to Thanksgiving. I love Thanksgiving. Today we are starting our new series entitled Thriving Through the Holidays. And I just want to say this right now because I know some people, um, they might hear that holidays and like, oh, Pastor, come on, it's, you know, Christmas. Are you trying to take Christ out of Christmas? No, I'm just putting the holidays all together, all right? And so it's Thanksgiving, it's Merry Christmas, and then we have New Year's Eve, all right? And so we're going to talk about over the next several weeks, all right? So I'm not a Scrooge, all right? Don't look at me like, oh, come on, Pastor, Christmas is about Christ. I know it's about Christ, all right? We'll talk about that. Um, but uh, we're talking about how we can thrive through this season, and I'm excited to do that. I heard my wife talking about the giving tree. Anybody excited to be a part of the giving tree? Um, Going to be awesome. And uh, she said that she said, you know, I don't want, you know, there should be no child that wakes up on Christmas morning that doesn't have a gift under the tree. But I want to take that a step further. There should be no adult. Come on, somebody. That wakes up on Christmas morning without a present under the tree, all right? And uh, I'm a big kid at heart, and I know if I woke up at the age of 40 and I went there and I was all excited and I didn't have a gift under the tree, I would probably steal my child's. Come on, somebody, all right? I am that parent. I would rip their name off and put my name on it real quick. I don't care if it's a Barbie doll. Are you with me? I'm getting some for Christmas. And so it's not just about nominating children. Um, uh, There's some adults in our church and in our community that are in need as well. And so I don't think anybody should wake up on Christmas morning without something under the tree. Are you with me? And so we're going to talk about thriving through the holidays, how you and I can thrive through the holidays. It's supposed to be the most wonderful time of the year, right? You ever heard that before? Maybe a song, you've heard it. It's the most wonderful time of the year. It's Christmas time, you know, it's the holiday season. It's going to be awesome. But sometimes the most exciting time of the year, the most joyous time of the year, uh, can sometimes seem like the busiest time of the year, right? Uh, with Christmas parties to attend, uh, you know, with, uh, you know, shopping to do. And, you know, if you're married and you, you have relatives close by, see, uh, you know, all of, all of my uh, in-laws think that, and my, my parents thought we moved down to San Diego to start a church. We actually moved down to make the holiday season easier. All right? We didn't have to divide our time and go to this person. That We can just, hey, you guys want to come? We're, we're here. You can come visit us. Um, you know, it seems like you got to separate your time. And so you're going from party to party. You're going from event to event. you got to get your shopping in. And what seems or what should be the most joyful, happy time of the year now becomes one of the most stressful times of the year. And rather than thriving through this season, you end up just surviving the season. Anybody know what I'm talking about? Okay? Uh, one person. All right. I'm talking to this guy today. And, and so what we want to talk about is, look, I don't believe it's God's intention for you just to strive through and just say, man, I can't wait to get to January 1st. Come on, where all your New Year's lies, I mean resolutions will kick in. All right? You know, we don't want you to do that. We want you to enjoy this season. We want you to thrive, thrive in this season. But more than that, God wants you to thrive during this season. I believe that. And so over the next several weeks, we're going to talk about some principles straight from Scripture um, that as we apply them to our life, not only will we thrive through the holiday season, but I believe we'll begin to thrive in this journey called life. 
right? So we're going to talk about some things. Today we're going to talk about this idea since we're celebrating Thanksgiving, and actually this will be the first Thanksgiving in a long time uh, that we won't be home. Uh, we're, we're making a road trip to Reading, and uh, we're going to celebrate up there. And uh, this will be the first time in a long time. Normally we have tons of people over to our house, and uh, my wife's cooking a turkey, and she's already, I can tell, she's already going to miss that. Um, but this time we'll be gone. But uh, Thanksgiving coming up, and so I thought today what we'd talk about, we'd talk about this principle called Thanksgiving, okay? And so we're not going to talk about uh, grumbling or complaining. We're going to talk about the opposite of that. We're going to talk about Thanksgiving. But in talking about Thanksgiving, we might have to look at some grumblers and complainers and why they didn't make it to their destiny, to the place that God had intended for them. Thanksgiving. Why are we going to talk about Thanksgiving? 1 Thessalonians 5.18 says this. And I want you to turn in your Bibles to Numbers chapter 14. Numbers is a book in the Old Testament. It's one of the first couple, Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers. And uh, we're going to go there to chapter 14. And as you're turning there, I want to read this scripture to you in 1 Thessalonians 5, verse 18. And it says this. This is why we're going to talk about thanksgiving. It says this. It says, give thanks in all circumstances. Some of you are already struggling with it, aren't you? You would have been fine if it said, give thanks in some circumstances. Give thanks when you feel like giving thanks. Give thanks when you're happy. Give thanks when there's reasons to give thanks. But here's what the Bible says. Give thanks in all. Yeah, some of you just kind of barely get that out. Oh. Give thanks in all circumstances. Why? Here's why. For this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for, no, it's for me. Say me. Yeah, it's easy to say for you, right? This is the will of God for all of us. So we're going to talk about this. Why? Because we got to give thanks in all circumstances, in every situation, no matter what we're going through, no matter what we're dealing with, no matter what we're facing, we're going to give thanks. Why? Because this is the will of God for each and every one of us. Now, because it's the will of God for each and every one of us, God must know something about this principle called thanksgiving. Or else he wouldn't have made it the part of our life that we got to give ourselves to. But because he says, hey, I want you to do this thing. This is the, the will I have for you. He must know that there's something in it for each and every one of us. Thankful. What does it mean? It means a feeling or expressing of gratitude or appreciative. Feeling or expressing of gratitude or appreciative. Let's go to our passage that we're going to look at today now in uh, Numbers chapter 14. We're going to start in verse 1, and uh, I'm just going to catch us all up to speed right now. What's taking place is God's people in the Old Testament are the children of Israel. And God chose this nation to be a nation that would be separated unto him. And so this nation gets started, and uh, they're, they're serving God. And, uh, but through some circumstances, they end up in a place called Egypt. And now in Egypt, they go there for safety. They go there for protection. They go there because there's a massive famine in the region. But yet in Egypt, there's provision and there's food. And because these are God's people and God cares about them and loves them, he provides for them by taking them to Egypt. And for many years, they're thriving there. Uh, man, they're living happily. They're well taken care of. They have land. They have livestock. They're, they're just reproducing. They're growing as a nation. Everything's good. Uh, but a new leader arises on the scene, and he begins to get fearful of them. And so he begins to enslave all of God's people. And so now they've been there for about 400 years, and now they're under taskmasters, and they're under sla you know, they're slaves, and people are ruling over them. But God says, this is not how I want you to live. God says, I want you to thrive in your life. 
And so he sends a guy and, uh, named Moses to lead now the people out of Egypt into what the Bible says is a promised land, a place flowing with milk and honey. Doesn't that sound wonderful? If you like milk and honey, I guess. Okay. Take them to this promised land, this great place that he has for them. And so now they've been making this trek across the wilderness, and, uh, and there's a series of events that takes place. But now they're at the promised land, okay? And so here we pick up the story. They're at the promised land, the place that God has prepared for them. Chapter 14 of Numbers, starting in verse 1. And it says this, Then all the congregation raised a loud cry, and the people wept that night. Why are they weeping? Because they sent spies in, and the spies spied out and said, man, this, this looks like a good land. But ten of them came back and said, it's a really good land. Man, this place is awesome. But there's one problem. There's really big giants and obstacles we got to overcome. They bring this report back to the people, and now the people are, are sad. And all the people of Israel grumbled. Okay, highlight that word in your mind. They grumbled. Everybody say grumble. Wouldn't everybody? Come on. Even if you got to mutter it under your breath like you're grumbling, say grumble. Yeah, grumble. Against Moses and Aaron, the leaders of the nation, the whole congregation said to them, would that we had died in the land of Egypt. In other words, it would have been better for us to die in the land of Egypt. But now we're here. Or we had died in the wilderness. Why is the Lord bringing us into the land to fall by the sword? Our wives and our little ones will become prey. Now listen to what's taking place here. you got to catch this. And, and some of you already caught it because you're grumblers. All right? They are complaining about something that hasn't even taken place yet. You know you're a complainer when you work something up in your mind so big that you are complaining before the event even takes place. Are you with me? We're going to talk about that today, okay? And some of you are going to be like, oh. This is what's happening. Our wives are going to die. It would have been better for us to die in the wilderness of starvation and no water because that's a better way to go than by the sword. That's what they're saying. Think how dumb that is. It would have been far better for us to be back in Egypt with someone beating us to death with a whip than to come in here and die by a sword. The reasoning? I don't know. It's been better for us. Now, that's the way I wanted to die. I would rather die a slave than a free person fighting for a promised land. Our wives and our little ones will become prey. Would it not be better for us to go back to Egypt? And they said to one another, let us choose a leader and go back to Egypt. It's getting real bad, right? <laughs> let's go back there. Let's, let's kill Moses, get a different leader. Let's go back. Then Moses and Aaron fell on their faces before the assembly of the congregation of the people of Israel. And Joshua, the son of Nun, and Caleb, the son of, of that person, who were among those who had spied out. You can't say it either. Get over it. Someone out there is complaining right now. Oh, he's not a very good pastor. He can't pronounce the names in the Bible. And said to all the congregation, the people of Israel, the land which we pass through to spy it out is extremely good land. If the Lord delights in us, he will bring us into the land and give it to us, the land that flows with milk and honey. Only do not rebel against the Lord. And do not fear the people of the land, for they are, uh, they are bred for us. Their protection is removed from them, and the Lord is with us. Do not fear. Then all the congregation said, stone them with stones. Grumblers. But the glory of the Lord appeared at the tent of the meeting to all the people of Israel. And the Lord said to Moses, how long will this, will this people despise me and grumble and complain? 
And how long will they not believe in me in spite of all the signs that I have done among them? Here's what God's going to do now. Now I'm going to strike them with pestilence (laughs) and disinherit them. And I will make of you a nation greater and mightier than they. This is what just took place. They're at the promised land. God's given it to them. God's done a lot of miracles up until this point to show them how awesome he is. Now they're standing there. They're complaining. They're grumbling. Oh, man, this is, I wish we could have just walked right in and just like, you know, had milk and honey and tea and crumpets. It would have been awesome. But no, 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 we got to fight for our land that he's giving to us. And, and this, this is bad. And we're never going to make it. You know what? Let's just kill Moses. Let's get stones. Let's kill Moses and Aaron right now. And, and let's just go back to Egypt. Because of their grumbling and because of their complaining, God says, you know what? You're never going to inherit your promise. You're never going to step into the destiny I have for you. You're never going to thrive in your journey. Let's pray. God, we thank you for your word today. Lord, we thank you that your word is awesome. And I pray that over the next few weeks and specifically today, that as we dive into the word, that, Lord, you would teach us from your word. That, God, we would walk away from this place having grabbed hold of some principles that we could apply to our life, not only to thrive through the holidays, but to thrive in this journey called life. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. 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 How many of you guys have ever used that, that tool, online tool called Yelp? Anybody ever used Yelp before? Okay, there's a few Yelpers out there. How many of you guys have actually Yelped before? You've left a comment for somebody or something. How many of you guys have actually read reviews on Yelp? Okay, so quite a few of us. And most businesses nowadays, whether they opened it up on themselves or somebody else opened it on them, they, they, they have a Yelp review. And if you go to Yelp, even for Canvas Church, you're going to see that we got four and a half stars out of five. Come on, somebody. Yeah. Come on. Now, the grumbler out there is like, why don't we have five? Okay? Because you haven't gone and left a review yet, buddy. Okay? And you go on Yelp, and, and it'll have all these reviews you can read. And you can read people's critiques of the business or of the church or whatever, and you can see what people are saying about it. Well, I had an acquaintance one time that loved to Yelp. I mean, I, I don't know how they Yelped as much as they did, but they Yelped all the time. And they Yelped on everything and anything. And I was talking to him about Yelp one time. He said, now, Ben, if you want to be a good Yelper, you can't look at the five-star reviews. See, some of you are like, uh-huh, those people lie. They're too happy. Ain't nobody that happy leaving good reviews on people. Uh-uh. See? Grumblers. You can't look at the five-star reviews. What you need to do is you need to look at the, the lower-end reviews because those people are honest. I'm like, oh, can I hit a happy medium and look like the, the threes? and the No, 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 no. What you need to do is look at the ones and the twos. And I'm like, why? Because those people, man, they know, they know what they're talking about, and they had something to say about that place. All the other people, they leave a four or five. It's because, especially if it's your church, that's what they said. You know, if they leave a four or five in your church, it's because they attend your church. Well, yeah, I hope so. <laughs> hope nobody's attending our church leaving a one, you know. There's plenty of other churches out there. If you're giving us a one, go to a different church, please, Right? If you gave us a two, I might kick you out. If you give us a three, I'll, I'll let you stay around, all right? Until you get saved, then you'll give us a five. Come on, somebody. Okay? Now, they're, they're giving the honest review. All the people that give you four or five, they, those are the guys that attend your church. Matter of fact, some probably work for your church. Yeah, so. And all this guy would do is he was trying to get me to look at the negative. He was trying to look, get me to look at the, the complaints. And all of a sudden, I began to realize the reason this guy looks at that is because he's a complainer. He's a grumbler. Here's the reality of life, ladies and gentlemen. You can walk into any situation, any circumstance, any relationship, any building, any church, and you can find something to complain about. You can. Absolutely. 
It doesn't matter. You could walk into a restaurant and be like, oh, they didn't seat me by the fire. <laughs> Boy, I mean, it's open table. Oh, oh, somebody else reserved it. Of course, somebody always beats me to those things. They reserved it before I did. Right? Sit down. It's like, oh, you know, you know, make this restaurant so much better. Doesn't matter. You can find something to complain about. But here's what I've realized: is there are a lot more things to be thankful about than there is to complain about. <laughs> the people that were in Clam were like, whatever, Pastor. I mean, you can walk in here and, and man, what incredible worship we had today. But I guarantee you there was somebody out there like, oh, was that feedback I just heard? Mm-hmm. Well, if you were actually worshiping Jesus and had your eyes on him, you wouldn't have heard the feedback. Right? You're going to find, oh, oh yeah, why, hard chairs. I'm not coming back to this, this church. Well, if you'd start tithing, we could get our own building and have soft, cushy chairs. See? Oh, wait, I'm complaining, aren't I? There are so many more things to be thankful about, but not only that, it is the will of God for your life. 1 Thessalonians 5.18, give thanks in all circumstances. Listen, I have no problem with people leaving an honest critique and an honest review. As a matter of fact, if you haven't yelped us yet, please, if it's your first time here especially, go on. Tell them how amazing the preaching was. Why are you laughing? My wife's laughing. You know, go on and leave a review about this or that. You know, we want honest critique. But if you go on there and all you do is just bash how, oh, yeah, they had coffee. That's a bad thing. We had somebody go on and leave a review that we had designer coffee. This is what they said. You can go read it. They're designer coffee. It's Folgers from Costco. (laughs) True story. It's Folgers from Costco. We can't afford Starbucks because some of you aren't tithing. Anyway, um. (laughs) I'm having fun today. Thrive. I want you guys to thrive through the holidays. God wants you to thrive through the holidays. But more than that, God wants you to thrive through life. And, and, and as I was preparing for uh, this, this message over the last couple weeks, I actually challenged myself. Because here's what I realized, and I'll be honest with you. I believe, and now my staff, we sit in staff and we talk about things we need to fix and whatnot. So don't talk to them. They're not, they're not a fair critique of me, okay? Talk to my wife. Um, Never mind. Talk to my in-laws. They're here today, and they like me a lot, and they'll, they'll tell you. And I, I happen to think I'm a pretty happy, upbeat guy. I like, you know, I'm, I'm fun, and, and, you know, I find the best in life and whatnot. But over the last couple of weeks as I was studying, preparing for this message, I began to challenge myself to catch myself every time I complained. And can I tell you something? I am a complainer. Chronic. It's bad. I might see a counselor. I was taking notes. I was like, oh, my gosh, why? I even found myself a couple times like these people in, in, in Numbers 14 where I was complaining about something that might happen. And I literally was driving. I, was, I worked up this whole idea in my head. I kid you not. I was driving on the road, and I was just like, oh, yeah, they're probably going to say this. And, man, I can't even believe they would do that to me. And I worked up this whole thing in my head, and all of a sudden I stopped, and I'm like, oh, my gosh. And I started laughing at myself. And I was like, I am complaining about something that hasn't even happened and probably won't even happen. And I began to catch myself, and I began to say, no, no, no. And I began to thank God for things. 
And I want to challenge us as we go through today and we go through this holiday season. As you go through life, I want you to begin to stop your complaining, stop your bickering, stop your grumbling, and begin to think about all the things you have to be thankful for. Are you with me? Come on. We could stop right there and be over. And someone's like, yeah, I wish you would. Okay? I mean, come on, ladies. When you're, when you're in front of the mirror getting ready, don't complain about your hair. Thank God you have hair. Now, if you bald, get a wig. Come on, somebody. But so, I mean, you know, I have three ladies in my house. <laughs> you might want to move over here real quick, Caleb. <laughs> At least you have hair. Are you with me? Well, it's getting personal now. We, we grumble, we complain so much. And here what we see in Numbers chapter 14 is we see a nation of people. About a million people have made this trek across the wilderness to finally get to the place that God has intended for them, this promised land, this destiny, this life, this great thing. And here they are, and they begin to grumble, and they begin to complain. And as they grumble and they begin to complain, now God says, you know what? You're not even going to get your promise. You're not going to walk in. Now, now listen to me. It wasn't just one time. Let's look at some more verses on their journey. Exodus chapter 15, verse 24, they had just departed from the parting of the Red Sea. Pretty cool miracle. Look what God did. Wow. And they don't get very far. And they get to this, this place, and they're thirsty. And the, the Bible says that the water is bitter. And so they begin to complain, oh, Moses, you brought us all the way out here. We're going to die of thirst. The Bible says in Exodus 15, 24, so the people grumbled at Moses saying, what shall we drink? Don't you think that a God that just parted the sea for you to walk across on dry land and killed all the people that are trying to kill you can give you some drinking water are you with me they probably could have named their kind I'll have some smart water thank you they try drinking the water and the Bible says the water is bitter you know what Moses does God speaks to Moses and Moses goes and finds a log true story Throws it in the water, and the water becomes sweet. There's your water. That wasn't enough. They keep walking. Now they're further out in the wilderness. It's like 45 days in. Yeah, they're probably hungry. They're probably running out of provisions. Some start to grumble and complain. Moses, we have no food. Look at this one. Exodus chapter 16, 2. The whole congregation of the sons of Israel grumbled against Moses and Aaron in the wilderness. What were they grumbling about? They had no food. Don't you think the God that just parted the sea, the one that just took a log and threw it in the water, maybe he can provide some food. And guess what he does? And it's like, it's like magical food from heaven. The Bible says that bread-like stuff falls from heaven and feeds them every day. I mean, are you with me? But you know what a negative Yelp reviewer would do? <laughs> right? They'd come in. I mean, the, 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 the ambiance of this place is sick. At, at night, they literally have a pillar of fire. And a cloud covering them by day. And every morning, food falls from heaven. 
who needs the government. Come on, somebody. But they find a way to complain about it later on. Tired of bread. Wish we had some meat. True. Guess what? God says, okay, I'll give you some meat. And then they ate it, and they all got sick. Boom. Think they would learn their lesson. They don't learn their lesson. They're further on in the wilderness. Check this one out. Exodus chapter 17, 3. It says, but the people thirsted there for water, and they grumbled. You see this word grumbled about them a lot. Against Moses and said, why now have you brought us up out of Egypt to kill us and our children and our livestock with thirst? You think they would get it by now, but they don't. Why? Because they're grumblers. They're complainers. They continue to grumble in Numbers 14, and their grumbling kept them from walking into the promises that God had for them. What's the opposite of grumbling and complaining? Thanksgiving. Giving thanks to God. Giving God thanks. Because here's the problem with grumblers. The problem with grumblers is this, is they're never satisfied. They always have an excuse for everything and do not believe they can succeed. Here's the problem with the grumbler. You put a cup of water in front of them and say, hey, is that half full or half empty? Guess what they're going to say? No, they're going to look at it and say, I don't know, but it's probably polluted. Complainers. Grumblers. You will not thrive through this season and you will not thrive through life until you begin to recognize the things that God has done in you and through you and for you and what other people are doing around you for you. You will not begin to thrive until you learn to have a thankful heart. Have a thankful heart. It beats grumbling every time. I have not yet been in a circumstance or a situation where things are really bad and I grumbled and they got better. Never. It's never happened. I've never found myself in a really bad situation be like, oh, man, this is horrible. It's probably going to get worse. And all of a sudden it got better. No, your negative, critical grumbling does not help. Neither does mine. And not only that, it makes life miserable. Never fixes anything. It holds you back from the promise, holds you back from the very thing that God has for you. I was talking to somebody else. I mean, it's Christmas time. We have, like, we have like four Fridays until Christmas. And they all black Fridays to me because I love to shop. Come on, somebody. Four Fridays till Christmas. And I was talking with somebody the other day, and they're like, oh, man, I hate Christmas. And I'm like, what? Well, I, mean, I, don't, I don't really hate Christmas. I mean, I, I love what it stands for and all. But just the time of the year, I hate it. And I'm like, why? Well, because, I mean, the mall is packed. My wife, she makes me go shopping. I hate shopping, especially with my wife. I'm like, well, I'm sorry. Yeah, and you get there, and there's all these snotty kids and lined up. They get pictures with Santa. It's not even the real Santa. Smells like beef and cheese. complaining. I'm just listening to him. I'm like, bro, 
Like, just don't go shopping with your wife. Then, no, you don't understand my wife. Well, apparently not. <laughs> Hashtag screwed. <laughs> I said, here's what you do. And I gave him a game plan. I said, look, the next time your wife says, hey, we're going Christmas shopping, say, yes, that sounds awesome, baby. I can't wait to go. Hey, right after we get done at the mall, could we drop by Home Depot to the tools section? Come on. Because you know what she's going to say? She's going to be like, no, no, you can stay home. Watch the football game. (laughs) Are you with me? Because that tool you want, a whole lot more expensive than the makeup she's getting. Right? Complaining, grumbling gets you nowhere. But if we learn to have a heart of thanksgiving and a heart of gratitude, I'm telling you, it'll begin to change the outcome. It'll begin to change the circumstance. It'll begin to change people around you. And you'll begin to thrive not only through the holidays, but you'll begin to thrive through life. Amen. That's good preaching. How how can I maintain a heart of thanksgiving? Let me just give this to you real quickly. We're going to close. How can you maintain a heart of thanksgiving? First one's this. Enjoy the journey. Learn to enjoy the journey. The children of Israel have finally come to the promised land, and they're there. But here's what you need to understand. This is not the first time they complained. They have grumbled and complained and whined the whole entire journey. To the point where now they're at their promised land, and God is so fed up with them, he says, forget it. I'm going to get somebody else to inherit this thing. This is not the first time they complained. And listen to me. If you don't learn to enjoy the journey, you will never appreciate the destination. I'll tweet that one right there. You won't. Because you'll be so caught up in complaining about everything. Listen to what happened. I mean, miracle after miracle. Water from a rock. Water from heaven. Pillar of fire at night. Cloud by day. They had everything they needed, but they grumbled and complained because they never learned to enjoy the journey. That doesn't mean the journey is always going to be easy. And let me just say this. It doesn't always mean the journey is going to be enjoyable. But by complaining about the journey, you make it worse. God knew the journey wasn't always going to be easy. He knew it wasn't always going to be fun. That's why we have 1 Thessalonians 5, to give thanks in all things. He wouldn't need to say that if we were doing it. But he gives it to us in his word. Because there's going to be times in your journey that you're going to want to complain. You're going to want to grumble. But listen to me, if you don't learn to find the things in your journey to be thankful about, you'll never be thankful for the destination. Learn to enjoy the journey. I remember a couple years back, we decided to road trip it up to Seattle because I was complaining about the airlines. Seats are too small. Squid. We just decided to take our time. and We drove, took about three days, camped at different places. And the experiences we created with our girls, on that trip, my girls saw tadpoles for the first time. I still remember it. The funnest thing, we have a picture of it. That trip is, is, is ingrained in my mind and in my children's mind forever. It comes up from time to time. Hey, Dad, remember when we, what did we do? We took time in the journey to appreciate and enjoy each other and the things God had given us on the way up. And it changed everything. If you want to thrive, Through the holidays, 
you got to maintain a heart of thanksgiving. If you want to maintain a heart of thanksgiving, number one, enjoy the journey. Number two, thank God for the blessings you have already experienced. Thank God for the blessings you've already experienced. Once again, ladies and gentlemen, there are more things in your life to be thankful for than there is to complain about. Oh, man, I just live in this little tiny house and wish I had one. At least you have a house. You walk around downtown around a homeless person, he heard you complaining about that, he'd kick you. There are so many more things to be thankful about than there is to complain about. And if we would just focus on what God's done in our life and what he's given us, man, and we thank him for those things, not only is the journey more enjoyable, the blessings keep coming. Because at some point, God has a breaking point. We see it right here. You know what, guys? You're not going to step into the promise. You grumbled one too many times. You're out. No, 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 wait, 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 wait. I didn't really mean it. I didn't really mean we'd be better back in Egypt. Maybe somewhere in the middle, like wilderness, but not Egypt. I mean, if we go back to the wilderness, could you keep the bread flowing? No, it's, it's over. It's over. We've got to learn to be thankful for the blessings God has already given us, that we've already experienced right now. Listen to me. Listen to me. There are some of you sitting right here right now, and I know things, when you look at your life, they look bad. And you're looking at it, and that's all you can see is the bad. That's all you can see is the lack. That's all you can see is what you don't have. But can I tell you something? It can get worse. Oh, this is an encouraging message, Pastor. Great. I'm telling you, though, how you can keep it from getting worse. Stop focusing on the negative and on the complaining and on the grumbling and start giving thanks to God for what you do have. Five people enjoyed that one. Listen, and I know people hate it when I do this, but I'll talk to some of them like, oh, man, Pastor, my car broke down. And man, I just, you know, they start complaining about the car. And you know what I'll tell them? People hate me when I do this. I'll say, at least you have a car that can break down. Oh, shut up, Pastor. I mean, you would have been riding the bus. Yeah, and you would have been complaining about that too. I know it's no fun when something breaks down. But even in that, give thanks to God in all things. Give him thanks. Pastor, you don't know how, how tough my job is. At least you have a job that's tough. Yellow pastor, you only work one day a week. What are you doing? I know, but it's a really long, tough day, so leave me alone. Give thanks to God for the things he's already blessed you with. And lastly, do not compare yourselves with others. Oh, okay, we'll camp there for a minute then. Can I just say this? It's not just that sometimes we compare ourselves with others. We compare ourselves with another version of ourselves. I was so much happier then. I mean, the, the me that was in the wilderness, that was a happy me. I know it didn't seem like it at the time because I complained and wanted some meat and stuff. And the bread was cool, God, seriously. But I was, much happy, I was a much happier me then. 
If I could be that me again, that would be super cool. You know what, God? I, I mean, if you could just make me the Egyptian me where I was getting beat by somebody, I enjoyed that me a lot more than the me that's about to get killed by a sword. It's not just about comparing yourself with somebody else. It's about comparing yourself with another version of yourself. I was happier when I was then. See, there's the problem. We have single people complaining because they're not married, and we have married people complaining because they're not single. If you complain through your singleness, you will complain when you get married. Just that you'll no longer be complaining about the fact you're single. You, oh, I married the wrong one. It's true story. You better learn to be content now. We compare ourselves. And I, I'll be honest with you. Comparison is a pastor's worst nightmare. Because I drive by about 3,700 different churches to get to this one in the morning. Seriously, I could attend about 50 different churches on the way to get to mine. And I'm like, well, why do they got a building? <laughs> I know that person. They don't deserve it. How come they got more people than I do? Oh, it's probably because they got that building. <laughs> if I would have got that building, I'd probably, I'd probably they, they stole my building, church. <laughs> Being real. Comparison. I have friends right now, I'm on their board and I help start their church. They came to me. Say, Pastor, help me start church. I've never started one before. Can you help me start one? I'm like, sure. I'm on their board. And they're like, what are you doing? I, this is what we're doing. I'm like, awesome. I like that. Can we do it too? I'm like, yeah. What do you need? Now their church has been going like two years less than ours. If they're double our size, I'm like. <laughs> really? That's probably because I'm on their board that they're big, but you're like, Comparison, I'll finish with this story. This is how bad it is. This is how bad a grumbler is. And over the last two weeks, I realized I grumble. So if you've heard me grumble, forgive me. I'm changing that. Thankful for this school. There's black curtains in these hardwood chairs. I love them. I was on my way to a wedding. And I should have learned by now that people lie when they say the wedding starts at 2.30. It means 3.30. I was on my way, and unfortunately we were running late, and we were driving. I'm looking like we're never going to make it. And I wasn't even doing the wedding. I was just attending the wedding, but I hate being late to things. Probably my wife's fault we were late. And so we're driving, in, and I might have been going a bit above the speed limit. We're driving, and, and all of a sudden I see the state trooper, and I'm just like, uh, should be fine. Everybody else is speeding too. Right? You've all played that card. Come on. Sure enough, guy gets behind me, turns on his lights, and the first thought is, I better get out of the way so we can pull over the guy in front of me. Come on, somebody. 
It was probably somebody else going to the same wedding, yeah. And so I start to pull over, and he starts to get, and I'm like, wait, where's he going? You know, like, hey, he's right up there. What are you doing? You want that guy? So finally, I find a, I find a place to pull over, and I know I'm getting a ticket. I, I'll be honest with you, I was going like 80 and like a 65. It wasn't my fault. The car's fault. It's a new car. So I pull over, and he comes up, and you want to play the innocent card. Do you know why I pulled you over? No. And I'm like, dude, just give me the ticket. I got to go to a wedding, all right? That's not what I said. That's what I was thinking. <laughs> so I get the ticket that I rightly deserve. My wife just was like, yes. Yeah. See what I have to deal with, people? I get the ticket, I roll up the window, I take off, and I start complaining about all the other people now that are speaking. Well, look at that guy. He, I'm go He's going at least 80. Well, get, get him. What, oh, he didn't use his blinker. What about that guy? And all of a sudden, I found myself comparing myself to all these other drivers on the road. And honestly, for a minute, I felt like I was justifying myself. See, I don't, I don't deserve this. I was speeding, but those guys, they're probably murderers. <laughs> I know they've done something bad. Anybody who drives a Lexus, they, they. <laughs> and I found myself comparing myself with other drivers on the road. See, how often do we do that? How often do we look at what somebody else has and say, why do they get that and I don't get that? Oh, the priest, they probably got that is because they probably, oh, they probably got rich parents or something. They didn't even earn their money. Oh, they probably, that was probably given to them. And what do they, what do they even do? Well, what, what, would they get to go on that trip? I don't, why do they get to go on that and I don't get to go on that trip? Oh, you got that for Christmas? Oh. It's getting real, huh? But if you do that, you will never maintain a heart of thankfulness. And you will not only not thrive through the holiday season, you will not thrive through life. If you want to maintain a heart of gratefulness, number one, enjoy the journey. Number two, thank God for the blessings you have already experienced. And number three, do not compare yourselves with other people. God, we thank you for your word today. God, we thank you that your word is awesome. God, your word is it teaches us, it corrects us, it encourages us. God, I thank you for your word. Thank you for challenging me over the last two weeks, me, this pastor, over the last two weeks to stop complaining and to start giving thanks. Hallelujah. Do me a favor, if you would, as we close this morning, just close your eyes for a minute. And you might be here for the first time, and you might be asking, well, why, why do you want me to close my eyes? Just so you can just kind of tune out everything that's around you for a minute. Because it would be, a, I think, a, a little bit of a disservice to sit here for the last 40 minutes and, and to hear what we've heard and not to evaluate our own life. And so as you're sitting there this morning and just contemplating what you've heard and evaluating your own life, and I want you to ask yourself this question. No, not, not out loud, not, not, not so somebody else can, but just internally. 
Am I a complainer? Or am I thankful? Am I thankful? Am I enjoying this journey? It's one of the things my, I ask my wife often. Is that, babe, are you enjoying life? Are you enjoying the journey? Because at any time we can, we can change courses. We can change directions. Are you enjoying it? And every time I've asked, she still said, yeah. Yeah, I'm loving it. I'm enjoying it. You got to learn to enjoy the journey. You got to learn to be thankful for the things that God's already done in your life. And you got to stop looking at others around you and comparing yourself. It'll crush you. But most importantly, if you continue to have a thankful heart, you will get to the promise and the destiny and the place that God has for you. It held these people out in Numbers chapter 14. And here at Canvas Church, it is my desire, I believe for every single one of you, I believe that God has a great purpose and a great plan and a great destiny for every single one of you. It is that as we take God's word and the principles found in it and apply it to our life, that we make one step closer to that destiny. We make one step closer to that dream. We make one step closer to that thing that God has for us. But if we do not maintain a heart of gratitude and a heart of thanksgiving, you will be kept out just like the children of Israel will. But God has something great for you. He wants you to thrive in the journey. And you are here this morning, and you'll be honest enough, and I want to pray for you right where you're at. Eyes closed, heads bowed. You're evaluating your heart. And you'll be honest enough. My hand raised this week. I said, God, that's me. Forgive me. And I literally started catching myself every time I complained. But you're here this morning. You say, Ben, pray for me. You're calling my number. I need to be more grateful, more thankful. I want to thrive in this life, and I want to thrive through this season. I just want to try to get to January 1st. I'm going to make this the most joyful, happy season of my life. And you're here this morning. You say, Pastor Ben, you're calling my name. You're calling my number. That's me. Eyes closed, heads bowed. I want to pray for you right where you're at. Just shoot your hand here. Anybody at all? I need, I need to be more thankful. Lift it high. I'm going to lift it high. That's me. I need to be more thankful. Yeah, 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 yeah. That My hand's up. I need to be more thankful. I need to be more grateful. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, thank you. You can put your hand down. Let me pray for you in just a minute. Hallelujah. Listen to me. I hope you got something out of today's message. I hope you heard the heart of what God wanted to convey. You can find, you can find faults in everything, but why not look with a heart of gratitude and a heart of thanksgiving? Hallelujah. Just keep your eyes closed for one more minute. You're here today. You've never entered into the greatest relationship you could ever enter into. That's a relationship with Jesus Christ. here this morning, you know that you need to surrender your life to it. See, some of you are having a hard time giving thanks because you're not in a relationship with the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. But you're here this morning you say, no, Ben, I need to surrender my life to Jesus. There's no better time than right now. The invitation is right now. The presence of God is here. Your family is surrounding you. We'd love to pray for you. And you're here today. You say, Ben, that's me. I need to surrender my life to Jesus. On the count of three, if that's you, could you just shoot your hand in the air right where it's out? We're going to pray for you. One, come on, don't let this moment pass you by. One, two, three, that's you. Shoot your hand in the air. There's one. Anybody else? Anybody else want to get in on it? There's two. Anybody else? Hallelujah, hallelujah. Come on, if you're going to clap, clap. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. This is what I want to do as we close this time right now. I'm going to pray first for those of you that said, man, that, that, that's, that, that message is for me. But then there were two people that raised, one, one lady and one man that raised their hands and I need, I need to surrender my life to Jesus. We're going to pray together and we're going to celebrate with them. And in just a moment, we're going to dismiss and do some water baptisms right over here. Hallelujah. Let me pray for you. God, we thank you for today. 
We thank you that this truly is a day that you have made. And I thank you for what the psalmist wrote. I will rejoice and be glad in it. I will give thanks for this day because, God, you created it. So, Lord, I thank you for everyone that responded to this message saying, Ben, you called my number. I need to be thankful. I need to rejoice. I need to give thanks. I need to stop grumbling. I need to stop complaining. But I pray that today that the message would equip them and empower them to catch themselves when they're complaining and begin to give thanks and rejoice. In Jesus' mighty name, hallelujah. Now, I want to ask everybody to pray this prayer together. For those two people that raised their hand, come on, let's not let them stand alone today. Come on, let's pray with them. If you raised your hand for this, I want you to say this prayer along with everybody else. Come on, Jesus Christ is coming to befriend you today. Let's pray this prayer. Say, Jesus, come on, everybody, especially if you raised your hand. Say, Jesus, I love you, and I thank you that you're the Son of God, and that you died on the cross for my sins. And I ask you today to forgive me and to come into my life that I would have unbroken relationship with you. Thank you, Jesus. Now, Holy Spirit, I ask you to come. Dwell inside of me. Lead me in all truth. Be my comforter. Be my advocate. In Jesus' mighty name, amen, 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 amen. Come on, let's give God some praise this morning. Thank you for joining us today. For more information, please visit our website at www.canvaschurchsd.com.